Welcome to You Should Watch This Documentary, a podcast about documentaries you should watch, obviously, with your host, Adam Todd Brown, Jess McDonald, and Mon Rock. Hey everybody, welcome to You Should Watch This Documentary. I'm Adam Todd Brown. I'm Mon Rock. I'm Jess McDonald. We're your hosts. You should know that. We are. We are your hosts. That's our job here. How's everyone doing? It's been a while since we recorded. Yeah, we didn't have a second podcast last time (laughs) because there was nothing to talk about. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we tried to talk about Journey and the documentary was as boring as the band and their music. (laughs) We should have another podcast called You Should Not Watch This Documentary. Yeah, or we could just sometimes (laughs) do a very special episode. Yeah. The problem is with the journey one, it still would have been 10 minutes Yeah, where we just go, yeah, this is boring. Don't watch it. Because <laughs> there was nothing. There wasn't even anything bad to talk about. It was just there was nothing to talk right, about. Right. Because if you're going to talk about ones that you shouldn't watch, they should be awesomely bad. Like they should be yeah. atrocious. You know what we should do? We should do that one time and do What the Health, okay. which is a documentary about... I think it's about veganism or something, but it's apparently one of the most insane documentaries All right, I'm out in. there. Let's do it. Maybe. We'll figure it out. I can't watch if there any kind of animal abuse is involved because I can't emotionally handle Actually, it. that's kind of true for me, too. I'm not, not going to lie. Yeah, I wouldn't want to see that either. Yeah. So maybe not. So Ooh. that's out. <laughs> yeah. Never mind. <laughs> what are we talking about today? We're talking about a completely different kind of animal. Jim Carrey. <laughs> And a different kind of animal abuse. (laughs) This is just humans getting abused brutally for an hour and a half. This is a documentary. It's called The Great Beyond, or Jim and Andy, The Great Beyond. Of course, Jim Carrey put his name first. Well, I mean, I guess that's right. He's the one being interviewed throughout the documentary. And it's behind the scenes footage from the filming of Man on the Moon, which was a biopic is that how you say that word? Yeah. Okay. Biopic about Andy Kaufman. Did you see that movie? I did. I have not seen it. I saw it in college. Yeah. I watched it again recently, just kind of on a whim before this documentary even came out. Was it a hit? How did it do? I think it did all right. It's a good movie. Okay. I mean, Andy Kaufman's story is really interesting. Yeah. Um, but it, it, and Jim Carrey was great in it. He was really, really good in that movie. I don't know how well it did at the box office, but I don't remember people hating it. I think it's just a movie that exists. Yeah. Because not a lot of people give a shit about Andy Kaufman. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's mostly comics, and even then, it's like, yeah, the Mighty Mouse thing was funny, but if anyone else did that, it'd be like, "Mm, stop. Yeah. Yeah. This is the worst thing I've ever seen. (laughs) But, and that's the first part of the documentary, is Jim Carrey talking about Andy Kaufman. And it's also probably the least interesting part of the documentary (laughs) because the movie exists. You can just go watch the movie and the movie's fairly accurate in terms of the events of his life. Uh, And then there's a scene where they're interviewing Jim Carrey and he's talking about Andy Kaufman and he says something about how he knows Andy Kaufman. But then he says, who do you know, even when they're right in front of you? And that's when things take a turn. (laughs) Well, he ta- he talks about himself for a little. He talks about the ten million dollar check thing, yeah, which is a really famous story about Jim Carrey. 
He wrote himself a $10 million check and gave himself three years to cash. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's yep. the secret. That's all that manifesting stuff. Yeah, he's way into that stuff. Yeah. He talks about how he's been doing it since he was a kid. Seems to be working out. My husband yeah. is really into it, and he writes down his goals every year and looks at them and glues it to the mirror and whatever. And uh, it works. It works. I tried the same thing. Yeah, uh, I've dabbled I was in it. Fired by my commercial agent. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you were hoping yeah. for? <laughs> I, I was like, I'm going to glue. I was like, you will book a national commercial this year, because uh, I used to work quite a bit. And uh, they called me. They're like, you have gotten close about you know fifty times now, literally. And uh, they're like, yeah, we don't know what's going on. I said, I don't know what's going on. Maybe you guys should fire me. They were like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> you really suggested that they fire yeah, you? I was tired. I, I was tired of going out for this nonsense. Yeah, okay. That's fair. So you had get fired by commercial agent <laughs> written on your mirror? Oh, damn it. I did it wrong. You should have just asked for them to finally book you a commercial. <laughs> Probably. I think you could have got fired without the visualization and oh, goal setting. Yeah. <laughs> just walk in and... S- It'd be more fun the other way, too. Just oh. go in and do part of your stage bit in front of them. They'd probably fire you. I've seen you do comedy before. Have they not seen your Facebook page? So, yeah, Mon Rock wrote herself a $10 million check. <laughs> No, I wrote myself a uh, negative, <laughs> <laughs> negative four million dollar check. So the after we we learn about Jim Carrey's childhood, which was kind of a troubled childhood. He was homeless for a bit. Uh, his dad lost his job. That's when we finally get to the documentary footage that everyone has come for. And this is footage that we learn later. He always planned to do it as a documentary. And the studio saw it and was like, this is our project. You cannot have that footage. Fucking burn it. Because it makes Jim Carrey look like the biggest dick in the entire world. Yeah. Yep. He looks all bad the whole time. Well, that's interesting because that was the studio's concern. Right. I think Universal came to him and they initially didn't want any of this footage released to the public because uh, they called him and he's like, yeah, they, they called me and said, you know, we don't want people to think you're an asshole. And he thought that was so funny. Like, yeah. he could not believe that, you know, just being in character, people would think that he was an asshole. I don't think he thought he was an asshole. No, the, no. He, he shows no remorse the entire yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. And in the early, in the beginning, because the thing about it, he stayed in character as Andy Kaufman the entire time he was filming and that's what they show at first you just see him being Andy Kaufman and you know they cut to like Danny DeVito or people who knew him from Taxi and they're like oh it's so surreal it's like he's really here and it seems like people are like oh this is cool at first and then it just gradually gets weirder and weirder (laughs) to where people are like all right is this ever gonna stop and it does not and he's also playing the characters that Andy Kaufman played. Yeah. And yeah. Tony Clifton. That's where it gets 
bad. Tony Clifton is where it gets dark, and that it happens pretty early on because he's more. Right. He's an insufferable character. I yeah. think he was the worst. Yeah, yeah. He it was not a good character, but it's you know one of the things that made Andy Kaufman a legend, I guess. But I mean, he was an amazing character actor for being able to stay in character like that. And I understand trying to emulate what he was doing yeah. by staying in character. But I just think that there's a point where it's too far. Yeah. yeah. I mean, was it worth it? I don't. I mean, he's essentially harassing people while they're at work. Right. It's yeah. Unprofessional. Right. Yeah. And it it at for when he's just in the Andy Kaufman character, it's mostly just the people making the movie that are being abused, like the people who have to work directly with him. But once it becomes Tony Clifton, it's like everyone. Yeah. Like there's a scene where... He pours a bottle of water on Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti's head, yeah. yeah. And they, when they filmed that scene, they didn't tell the rest of the audience that any of that was going to happen. So they were just like, what is this? My favorite part of the documentary was Paul Giamatti's silent judgment towards... <laughs> Yeah. He's, he's only in the documentary for three seconds, but he's just like rolling his eyes. Like, <laughs> this, this guy went to Yale. He's a real, yeah. He's a real actor. He was like, "What is this fucking nonsense?" <laughs> yeah, it. Uh, my, I think the craziest, at least the craziest early Tony Clifton scene is the makeup trailer. Yeah, where Jim Carrey's going in for what's going to be hours and hours and hours of makeup to get into Tony Clifton's character. And like Judd Hirsch and a few of the other actors who are in this movie. And the thing about someone like Judd Hirsch, he was in Man on the Moon for like five minutes. Right. So he was pro that was probably his one or two days on the set. And he's in this makeup trailer and Jim Carrey picks up a fucking boom box and turns it all the way up and sets it in the doorway of the fucking trailer and just go and. They just let him do it because he was Jim Carrey and it was his movie. But goddamn, that would be like, it sucks sitting in a makeup chair for like five minutes, yep. much less however long it's going to take to get mid 90s Judd Hirsch looking like late 70s Judd Hirsch. And that something about that scene, I was just like, you fucking asshole. Yep. Why would you do that? Most places wouldn't tolerate that nonsense is the thing. Yeah, I think I mean I I'm pretty sure that movies tolerate a lot of things. Yeah, I yeah. mean especially with actors. Yeah, I we have certainly learned that recently, especially yeah. with A-list actors. True, no I that think that they part's kind true. Of have yeah. carte blanche. Yeah, and I mean if it's his method, if it's how he gets into the character, because he did a great job yeah. as Andy Kaufman. Like he was very believable as that's what it comes down to it's kind of like the artist and whatever they need to do to take themselves there and maybe that's what he needed to do i don't know i can't act i feel like (laughs) clearly i feel like he didn't need to take it that far and as somebody who went to school for acting i was taught not to be that way that it's not healthy for you and it's not healthy for the people around you to behave that way for that amount of time and I mean, I guess because he is a list, he get he does get to do whatever the fuck he wants. But we were taught not 
to be like that. But his opinion, he was saying at, at one point in the documentary that just waiting for action and saying your lines and how formulaic it is, he's just not into that style. It's like, what do you mean? Well, that's <laughs> acting. Yeah, that's how. Right. right. What other job can you show up and be uh, like, you're not doing it this way isn't my yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah. the pickles on the outside of yeah. a burger personally, <laughs> so I'm going to make them that way, Mr. McDonald's manager. That would never fly. No. Yeah, it reminds me of all of the talk about Jared Leto yeah. in the build up to Suicide Squad and how he was like mailing dead animals to his co-stars because he was in character and it's like no you're not. The Joker is an actual fucking criminal. If you want to be in character, go rob a bank, motherfucker, <laughs> and do it with clown makeup and green hair yeah. and then run back to the set of your movie. <laughs> And get away with it. <laughs> Beyond that, you just learn your fucking lines and practice in the mirror and let people be. Yeah. Otherwise, you're not actually in the character. I mean, I guess with Jim Carrey, he more was. Yeah. But even then, it was way over the top. Yeah. Well, he also talked about, you know, struggling with loss of identity and he didn't really know who he was and it was easier to just pretend to be someone else because he was kind of losing sight of who Jim Carrey was and so that's why he would just stay in these different characters. I mean because it was one movie after the after another. Yeah. Right. When he got when he saw that psychic and she said you're going to be huge and then he got those three yeah. big movie deals in a row. Yeah. Jim Carrey is definitely the kind of person who talks to psychics. Yeah. <laughs> that's for sure. There was like 10 years of his life or something where he was just in character, I think. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, yeah, that's definitely he true. says there's a quote at the end that we'll get to from him. And he kind of says that thing. And it's very fucking dark. Yeah. It is so dark. But the thing about him being so over the top about it and what really bothered me is we do find out at one point that he didn't have to do that right because milos foreman this poor director who is just getting fucking brutalized by jim carrey just begging jim carrey like at every fucking take just please do it once the way it's written you mean begging andy kaufman yes yeah. begging begging andy kaufman because you could you did not talk to jim carrey jim on the never set showed of up this movie no jim never showed up he was only mentioned occasionally by andy kaufman and tony clifton in very dark moments yeah. in the documentary. But Milos Foreman calls Jim Carrey at one point and is complaining about this Tony Clifton character and how he's never been intimidated by anyone before, but he's intimidated by Tony Clifton. And what should he do? And Jim Carrey is like, well, we could fire him and I could just do it. I do really good impressions. So that right there yeah. is Jim Carrey saying, well, I don't have to be this much of an asshole. It's just fun for me. Right. But Milos Foreman is like, no, I just wanted to talk to Jim for a while. And it's like, you sure? I would have you been like, said do yes. the impression. <laughs> yes. I'll take it. Yep, I'd have been like, thanks, click. <laughs> he should have. He really should have. Because at that point, he basically signed off on Jim Carrey doing this for the rest of the movie. Right. And it gets so much weirder. Yeah. He just completely fed into the psychosis of it all and just let it happen. It did feel like a psychosis and it felt like one that was infectious. Yes. Like it drove other people crazy too. Yes. Because there's that scene where 
Andy Kaufman is in the makeup chair, and the guy playing Andy Kaufman's dad comes in and has an actual argument as Andy Kaufman's dad. Like, and it's the weird, like, one of the girls in the makeup room starts crying because she's like, oh my God, that reminded me of my dad. And that's one time where Jim Carrey finally, like, sort of breaks the Andy Kaufman character and he goes, I'm so bad. I'm so, I shouldn't be doing this. And that scene was crazy. Yeah. Hey, man, it's all about the art. Yeah, but fucking let this character actor playing your dad be. Yeah. Just at least don't be so hard. Because there's one scene where he's talking to someone and he's he's just dressed as Jim Carrey or maybe as Andy Kaufman. But he all of a sudden, like, they they question something about the movie and he just slips into the Tony Clifton character and looks at some girl and goes, get me something to drink. And you can tell this girl's like legitimately scared. She's like, we don't want Tony to come back. And it's like, quit fucking abusing these people. Well, yeah. I was confused by that scene because usually when he's Tony, he's in his costume or he's got that paper bag over his yeah. head. Yeah. Yeah. When he doesn't have his makeup on. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like he was just trying to like wield it. Yeah. Now, yeah. Instead of. Which oh, well, I, I have to do this for the movie. Which I would, I understand it more if he's in makeup, at least, because getting in makeup and in character does make it easier to stay that way because you don't look like you anymore, so you yeah. just kind of embrace it. But for him to just snap into it while he's at least semi-normal looking, that's nuts. Yeah. And, and that was just mean to be mean, honestly. Yeah. And also nuts... I mean, we'll we'll talk about an even weirder example of this a little later, but he meets Andy Kaufman's family. Oh, God. And just stays in Andy Kaufman character the whole time. But was that therapeutic for the family? It was. It might have right? been, but they probably would have liked to meet Jim Carrey, yeah. too. He's way bigger than Andy Kaufman, for one thing. <laughs> They're probably like, hey, we met Andy. Can we meet the guy from The Mask, please? <laughs> Well, he said that he spoke to his uh, Andy Kaufman's daughter. That's and that was so bizarre because Andy Kaufman's daughter uh, never met Andy Kaufman. Right, she was adopted, and she didn't find out who her father was till she saw a Taxi or and someone yeah, told her and someone just told like her. That. And uh, he's like, yeah, we talked for an hour. We talked about why I gave her up for adoption. Or yeah. anything. like, how the hell would you know? Yeah, he literally said she... What the hell did he she, say to the daughter? She talked to Andy for an hour. And it's like, dude. And he was kind of patting himself on the back. He was like, yeah, that was, yeah. that was, that was deep. It's like, did, was, did you run that plan yeah. past a therapist first? Yeah. Hey, I feel like that probably broke her a because lot. Because now it's kind of like her dad died again. Yeah. Because once Jim Carrey's out of character, it's like, yeah, I killed your dad again. Don't worry, I'm your new dad. No vaccines for you. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> that Part that never comes up. Too far, <laughs> that never comes up in this documentary. I wonder if it did. I wonder if there's just like 45 minutes where they're like, so what about that anti-vaxxer thing? Tell us something about that. <laughs> so yeah, the, the part where he meets Andy's family, that it's weird. It's I get why for like the brother and things it would have been therapeutic and you know, the dad, 
he seemed to not be too weird with the dad. Yeah. He was he was just like they hugged and like went their separate ways and I get the sense the dad was like you're doing a great job. But there's also a scene where again the guy playing Andy's dad gets so into character he's like I'm really proud of you. Yeah. And Jim Carrey as Andy Kaufman just slinks away and like really? And it's like they're having this actual father-son emotional connection. Because Jim Carrey won't break character. Yep. And it's driving this fucking actor insane. <laughs> and it was so weird to watch. Yeah. It was very weird. And even then, he doesn't break. He never once just goes, hey, man, take a step back. I'm just Jim Carrey. It's fine. Which he could have done at any fucking moment for every one of these people. Yep. And I don't know if I admire that or hate that. I think I hate it. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm conflicted. It's interesting. I'll give it that, but I hate it. I think it's I think it's cruel. I respect the amount of effort. <laughs> True. <laughs> that is more effort than I've put into anything yeah. ever. Yeah. yeah. He, he does he goes he fucking goes for it. That's for sure. The I thought the shittiest thing, maybe not the shittiest, but one of the shittiest things or moments in this documentary was his interactions with Jerry Lawler. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because that that was one moment where he was he was an that I, I will say he was an asshole and he wasn't being actually Andy Kaufman right. in that moment because he was ignoring the whole part where Andy Kaufman and Jerry Lawler would you know step aside and talk about all this shit and they were actually friends right and he'd be like hey while this documentary crew's filming I'm gonna fucking attack you and taunt you he never did any of that for Jerry Lawler who shows up expecting Jim Carrey and just gets Jim Carrey as the character of Andy Kaufman as the Andy, character of Andy Kaufman, just like fucking taunting Jerry right. Lawler constantly. And he never lets up even a little bit. No, he threw water on his wife. Yeah. He threw an egg at the dude from a balcony. Yeah. And at one point, he's taunting Jerry Lawler so bad, Jerry Lawler, like, attacks him. Yep. And, and he's like, I can do this to you anytime. Just was, know that. I can do this to you anytime. That was my favorite line. Yeah. And then Jer Jim Carrey still doesn't stop. Yep. He just keeps on. And it's like, what can Jerry Lawler do? You're not going to murder Jim Carrey as much as you want to. Right. That would be a bad look. So he just has to fucking take it. And it was really shitty. Yeah. I also, I can't imagine somebody playing my dead friend and only taking his worst qualities and throwing that in my face repeatedly. Yeah. That would that would break me as a person, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. That was that I hated that. Yeah. But because it that wasn't him being in character. Right. Cuz if you're going if you're going to maintain that you're going to stay in character for the whole time, you do need to take into consideration that they ended everything as friends. Yeah. Yeah. And they planned all the shit ahead of time. Right. They didn't right. just yeah. they didn't just end as friends when Jerry Lawler slapped him <gasps> on Letterman. Letterman. That was planned. Right. Yeah. But I did like that after like at the end, they did finally do that. Right. Where Jim Carrey, they were supposed to pretend to slap him. And he was like, No, just slap me. And he slaps the shit. Oh, he was ready. Out of Jim Carrey. He, was ready. <laughs> he knocks him he out of his fucking chair. It was great. <laughs> like, I just once want to slap a dude that hard. <laughs> Only a dude. Gotta be a dude, but I want that slap 
under my belt before I die. <laughs> Men slapping each other is hilarious. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is like 1800 <laughs> shit. Yeah. yeah. You need a little glove, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's perfect. <laughs> um, and yeah, there's at one, at one point Milos Foreman, while Jim Carrey's doing all this, he pulls him aside and says, can I just please make a movie? And, and Jim Carrey says, I don't need to make a movie. I want a shot at him. It's like, calm down. Just be nicer to Jerry Lawler. And then of all the people to be nice to, Courtney Love shows up, and he's just great to her. It's like, read your conspiracy theories, dude. <laughs> do you not know how Kurt Cobain died? <laughs> Neither do I. And I have questions, and they involve Courtney Love. Well, she was hot, so... She, this was peak Courtney yeah, yeah, Love yeah. attractiveness, for yeah. sure. This was Malibu-era hole. Yeah. yeah. So she was really going for it. Yep. This was probably the most together Courtney Love yeah, has ever been. Yeah, because when they're been. all like, dancing around and smiling, it was like, oh, there's such chemistry. This is kind of beautiful, even though I sort of hate her. Yeah. Yeah, she just exuded that, that calm and confidence that comes from knowing you have your husband's estate to profit from for the rest of your life. <laughs> Uninterfered, uh. especially if you can somehow kill Dave Grohl and Chris Novoselic. <laughs> Which, if they ever die, <laughs> look at Courtney Love first. So yeah, he shows up. This is uh, it's after the Courtney Love stuff, where he Jim Carrey drops one of the most the darkest quotes I have ever heard about being an entertainer, and it's uh not coincidentally, right before we get into the really bad Tony Clifton shit. He says, at some point when you create yourself to make it, you're going to have to either let that creation go and take a chance on being loved or hated for who you really are, or you're going to have to kill who you are and fall down into your grave grasping onto a character that you never were. Holy shit! Hey, that's true. It that is, is true. 100% true. It's true in it. And I've hurt. seen so many people lose themselves to their character. Uh, I mean, you know, I think it killed Robin Williams. Yeah, or Parkinson's drugs. <laughs> Depending on your... Study up on your conspiracy you know, theories, everybody. You get so wrapped up in it that uh, it becomes hard to escape. Yeah, yeah, and that's... Uh, I, I, th- I think that's kind of what he was implying with Tony Clifton, because right after that, one of the questions they ask, you always see Tony Clif- the Tony Clifton character with alcohol. And people were like, was he really drinking? Because it seemed like he was. And Jim Carrey just says, well, I don't know, but he always smelled really bad. And then they cut to scenes where he's like, they're having to carry him from the, like, to be put into makeup. They're having to strap him in. And it's like, if he's not actually drunk, that is really good acting on Jim Carrey's part. Because he looked dead when they were moving him. I think he was really drunk. I think so, too. I think that's how into character he got, that he was like, well, Tony Clifton likes to party, so that's what we're doing now. And do we even know if Tony Clifton was actually drinking? No, No. I I feel like he probably... Probably was not. I think there's a good chance he wasn't. was a professional, Yeah. And even if he did, it would be like a tiny baby swig from the bottle type of yeah. a thing just to get the taste and keep going on. Like, I don't think he was, like, hammering back whiskey. Right. Yeah. But it seemed like Jim Carrey might have been. Yeah. And it's also better if he was almost. Because, well, I don't know. I don't know. He spoke a lot about his dad 
and it was clear that he loved his father. I don't know if he... Was he trying to gain the approval of... He mentioned that his father was an insurance salesman and, you know, got this kid that was just, you know, doing impressions in front of the mirror and he wasn't really down for that. So I don't really know if after he made it in show business, his father really accepted that or what the deal Didn't was. Didn't his dad die right before the mask came out? Three, or? Weeks, yeah. three weeks after the mask okay, came out. Okay, so... He buried the $10 so million dollar check. He still had done other movies. And yeah. Right. he was still Jim Carrey. Right. Well, he, so, he talks about that. Uh, he talks about his dad also being really talented, being really funny, being an entertainer, and how he gave all that up right. to take care of his family and then loses his job. Right. And yeah, and that's when he realized he said that thing. He said, I realize that you can fail at something that you don't even love to do. Yeah, so right. Because his dad compromised his life and didn't move to the U.S. and, and became an accountant and then was ultimately laid off. And he's like, you can fail at something you don't love, so why not? Yeah. Fail at something that you right. love. Yeah. Take the risk. He said to compromise and still fail hurts so much worse than yeah. failing at what you love. Oof. Which, yeah. And it, it seems like that's kind of what drives him from that point. And I got the sense that part of him slipping into character and losing this sense of who he was is that his story so closely mirrors Andy Kaufman's actual story. Right. Where he's still trying to like seek his dad's approval and so I I don't like I don't know if that was kind of what spurned the drinking and right. you know just completely escaping into this character but you get some sense that this fucked Jim Carrey up a little bit. Yeah. And that kind of that comes out in most of the the Tony Clifton stuff, the one fucking amazing Tony Clifton moment is when they scam the Playboy Mansion, though. Yep. When they send Bob Zamuda, who was Andy Kaufman's writing partner and would sometimes uh, play the Tony Clifton character, they send him to the Playboy Mansion because everyone knows Jim Carrey's in town filming this movie, and everyone just assumes it's Jim Carrey, and he's fucking cavorting with playmates, and he's inside the mansion, He's rubbing shoulders with Hef, and then Jim Carrey shows up like four hours later. Yeah. <laughs> Hugh Hefner gets so angry. Like, have a sense of humor, you piece of shit. I love that part. Like, why are you getting mad? He it's was not like, like he was being destructive. Yeah, he was just having a good time. Right. What's and, the and, big deal? And I everyone mean, thought it was funny until they yeah. realized it wasn't Jim Carrey the whole time. So I don't see what. But I also got the sense that, and this makes it even funnier, that Jim Carrey kind of showed up and was like, I don't, I don't know who this guy is. Yeah. Like, we didn't send him here. What are you talking about? Which makes it so much funnier. Yeah. If I, did he, I don't think Hugh Hefner lived to see this documentary. No. Damn it. It sucks. So uh, there's another, it, it kind of ends, they, I, there's that other Jerry Lawler scene where they're doing all the wrestling stuff. And I still don't know if Jim Carrey getting sent to the hospital was real or not. Remember that part? Yeah. Where they're supposed to do the suplex scene and Jim Carrey's mad that it's going to look well, edited. Well, he feigns, uh, you know, an injury and he stays in character and they ch uh, they take him to the hospital. So he wasn't injured. No. It seemed like he might have. Nah, he wasn't. That's an no irresponsible way. use of medical technology then. He got a CAT scan. Those are expensive. Yeah. <laughs> 
There could have been someone dying who needed a CAT scan in that moment more than fucking Andy Kaufman. Hey, man, it's all about the art. <laughs> I still... <laughs> and yeah, it turned into... And, but I couldn't tell if... I don't think Jerry Lawler was in on that. No. I think Jerry Lawler no, thought he legitimately he yeah. hurt Jim Carrey, which, goddamn, that had to be a little unsettling because Jim Carrey's the biggest actor in the world and the world thinks you just fucking drove his head into a pile of fucking cement and now he's on the way to the hospital. Yep. And it made the news. And the thing is, that's exactly what happened with Andy Kaufman. Right. There was, But it was fake. Like, yeah. we knew it was fake. Right. None of Jim Carrey's people knew if this was fake. Right. Like, none of his staff, none of his family, none of his friends. That's nuts. Yeah. That's a long way to go for a movie co-starring Courtney Love. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you she's not your co-star because it was a strong script. <laughs> That's shitty. But also, fuck Courtney Love. <laughs> she was right for the role. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she was. So one of the other crazier scenes before they get to the the end, which I actually found really easy to watch, despite the subject matter, but we'll get to that. But I think the craziest moment, and I had never seen this, Jim Carrey in the, I don't even know why they threw this in. I think it was just to, he was really driving home the point about the importance of when you play a character, you need to stick to it no matter what. And because they had been talking about how Andy Kaufman would bomb on purpose and Jim Carrey was like, I'll, I'll try anything for laughs. He goes on Arsenio Hall in the midst of the L.A. riots and not only pretends to be like blackout drunk, but also pretends to try and punch Arsenio Hall and says, this is for Reginald Denny, you black bastard. He is so lucky the Internet wasn't around then. Yeah, that would have fucking wrecked him. Holy shit, how did he survive that? I don't know. And he said he he went backstage and his manager was just shaking his head like, I don't know, man. I don't know about any of this. I I, also I, still, don't. I still don't know. Yeah. I feel like the wrong person might still see this documentary and be like, wait, what? That happened? Because that was insane. And... Well, he uh, he was trying to be contrarian, right? So that was Andy Kaufman's thing during the women's rights movement was to you know talk about women being in the kitchen and right. that bit, and so yeah, you know that uh, he was being Andy Kaufman, so that's what he thought he would do. And that happened not long after he finished filming this, right? Right. So yeah, he was. Andy Kaufman drove Jim Carrey nuts. Yeah. yeah. Well, Jim Carrey did it to himself, but still. So, yeah, the, the last thing they cover in the documentary is Jim Carrey filming all the cancer scenes. Because, spoiler alert, Andy Kaufman died of cancer in the 80s, everybody. Not sure if you knew that, <laughs> but that's a thing that happened. That's how the movie ends. And I actually found the cancer scenes so easy to watch. Because he was quiet. Yeah. He was being nice to people. <laughs> yeah. That was the one time where he was in character as Andy Kaufman. But that was probably the one time when Andy Kaufman was also really subdued and reserved. And right. not being a dick to people. And yeah, I don't know if that part was supposed to be hard to watch. But I was like, oh, finally, Andy Kaufman's the, dead. Everyone on the movie set was probably just like, oh, thank God, this guy's dying. Yeah. <laughs> No, they were, they were probably all still shaking because they had like a giant PTSD from all the times they'd been screamed at for yeah. no reason. Yeah. 
Yeah, but it, it had to be somewhat of a relief yeah. to just be past that part of the filming process. Yeah. And because it, it was kind of like Andy Kaufman died again. Yeah. Because then Jim Carrey, he talks about REM did a video called The Great Beyond, which is another song about, I think Man on the Moon, the song came out way before the movie Man on the Moon. I think Man on the Moon was on R.E.M.'s album in 92, and this came out like... 99, I think. Yeah, something like that. So I think they record... they The Great Beyond is another song they recorded about Andy Kaufman, but for this movie. And Jim Carrey was supposed to be in the video, and he was like, nope, I'm not going to be Andy Kaufman again. Sorry. But he said that he regretted that. Yeah. I mean, he could... I, th- I think it's better that he didn't, though. Because I think that he needed to put that character to, to, to bed. Like, that had that had to end so he could stop being a fucking lunatic. Yeah. And or at least be a, a different brand of lunatic. And it's a it's a cool video, if you've ever seen it. It's just them waiting for Andy Kaufman to show up. And then when the chorus hits, they start performing because they realize he's not coming. And I think the, vi- the video would have probably been kind of cheesy. Right. With Jim Carrey in it. So it's probably, I mean, it's not like anyone gives a shit about that R.E.M. song or video, but still, it probably was for the best. Who knows? So, so that's, do, do we have anything else to cover about I mean, there are the, the parts where he, where he talked shit about himself in character. We kind of glazed over yeah, it. Yeah, that was weird. There yeah. were, like, he would, especially he would just be, like, walking off and would say stuff like, Jim just wants to please everyone. It's going to be his downfall. And it's like, oh. This is getting weird. Yeah. Towards the end, I found him to be extremely profound and insightful about life. Yeah. And yeah. He's, I mean, he's clearly hyper aware. Yeah. Which kind of ruins show business for anybody. Right. Because I think yeah, once for you're sure. aware, you really realize that it's all just really horseshit in the end. Yeah. So yeah. what are you even doing? What was he saying that he just exists and has no ambition and there's nothing that he wants to do and he's totally fine with that. I mean, easy for you to say. Yeah. After all the money he's yeah. made. Right, it's right. Like, yeah, you did it. So So now you can just kind of rest <laughs> yeah. back. Yeah. yeah. But good for him. Yeah. I mean, that's the dream, isn't it? Yeah. Like just to do enough shit in your life that at one point in what, like your 50s? Like he's not even in his right. 60s yet. He's or just, just skip the whole thing. I totally resonated with that. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> what are goals? <laughs> but yeah, he's at that point where he's just like, nah, I don't have to do anything. Yeah. And now apparently he's like a really great painter. Right. Yeah. Which, that's, like, fuck you, Jim Carrey. That's got to be therapeutic. He's going to be in the NFL next year, probably. <laughs> Patriots will draft him. Ah, oh, Jim. So yeah, it's I think it's a really good documentary. Definitely. I think people should absolutely watch it. It's hard to watch. Yeah. If you've ever had uh severe mental abuse in your life, this might mimic it a little bit. Yep. Trigger warning there, I reckon. But uh it's good. Still good. Still definitely good. You should watch this documentary. What I don't go what are you saying? I don't get it. Name of the podcast. Oh fuck yeah, <laughs> yeah that was good. The podcast we're doing so that was good. You should watch this doc. Oh my god, that just registered with me. <laughs> Shit. 
So yeah, everyone go watch Jim and Andy, The Great Beyond. It's on Netflix, so you have no excuse. Unlike Don't Stop Believing, Every Man's Journey, which disappeared from Netflix mercifully. Are we just going to diss that documentary? (laughs) All the time. It's going to become a cult classic because we talk shit about it so much. Do we have anything to plug before we get out of here? When is this going up? just say no. (laughs) Yeah, whoever knows. You know, we do live podcasts. You can come to those last Saturday of the month. I have a show on uh, January, two weeks, right? Because I never know what I'm doing. I never bring my calendar. I know I have something. (laughs) January 21st, uh, three of clubs comedy show come out and see see live comedy support live comedy everybody i hate myself i hate talking about myself i hate plugs this is the worst part of the show oh well let me take over january 22nd i'm at speakeasy cocktail in santa monica come on out to that i love plugs Mm. jess anything to plug no Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing. Leave Jess alone (laughs) online. All right, let's get out of here. Jess, say goodbye. Bye. Mon Rock, say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you.